Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Good morning, Lakeland. How are we doing? Yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We celebrate you today. Thanks for celebrating it here at Lakeland. Uh, we got a great service. My name's Jeff, by the way, if we haven't met. We have a great service today. Uh, celebrating our moms for sure, but also uh, 20 people are gonna be baptized uh, today uh, in, on this service and the next. So really, really excited about that. Yeah. Celebrating new life in Jesus. It's going to be uh, really cool. One thing I want to mention before we get rolling is uh, we have Compassion International set up outside uh, our main doors here, also available online. Uh, Last week uh, was Compassion Sunday, and we were able to uh, sponsor 75 additional children. Lakeland, thanks so much for your generosity. That's awesome. And so here's what's really cool. The total number in that one community is over 450 kids in that one community right here through Lakeland. That's super awesome. Yeah, very cool. And uh, we still have the packets out there online. If you're joining us in VR or uh, online, any of our platforms, we have an opportunity for you to sponsor kids in that same uh, community. My family and I, we sponsor a girl named Ruth, and she is just the sweetest little thing. Uh, But out there, we also have Caleb's and Anna's, and one kid out there's name is Jefferson, which I think is really, really cool. So uh, be sure to pick up Jefferson. It's great. Um, So fun. And thank you for your generosity. Uh, We're making a difference and releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And uh, that is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, So um, today we are continuing our series, Priority Overload. I don't know if you've seen uh, these studies, but there are people who actually break down the amount of time that we spend doing any given thing throughout our lifetime. So um, there are things that we spend a ton of time on if you were to throw all the time together. For example, over our lifetime, your lifetime and mine, we will spend a total of 20 years and three months asleep. Isn't that crazy? 20 years and three months asleep. For some of you, it's a little more, right? Yeah, 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 some of you is a little less. Uh, We'll spend 10 years and five months watching TV. We'll spend six years and eight months on social media, seven years and six months eating and drinking. Uh, And based on these studies, guess how much time someone spends in the classroom in their lifetime? Guess how much time? Any guesses? Here's the guess. Here's the total. Four years and six months. I actually thought it'd be more than that, but if you throw all the time together of the time that we spend in the classroom, four years and six months of our lives are spent in school. On a day like today, I wonder how much schooling, how much schooling we could have avoided if we had just listened to mom, right? If we had just listened to mom, because mom knew it all. Think about it. Mom knew about construction. Mom knew about construction. She could have taught you everything that you need to know about construction when she said things like this, slam that door one more time and I'm going to make it disappear. That's a fancy door, right, that would disappear like that. Or how about this, am I talking to a brick wall? That's important to know. That's, that, that's construction 101. Like, is this a brick wall? Is it not? Animal science, she had you covered there too. Look at this room. It looks just like a what? Pigsty. Pig wow, do we have the same mom? That's crazy, pigsty. I grew up in the suburbs. I had no idea what a pigsty looks like, but when mom pointed it out, I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. It looks just like my room. That's good. 
But who could forget all the things that mom taught us about public speaking? Uh, who do you think you're talking to? That's called knowing your audience. That's what that's called. Look at me when I'm talking to you. That's eye contact. Uh, don't raise your voice at me. That's tone control. Tone control. And uh, you could also remember this. How many times do I have to tell you that's avoiding repetition? Public speaking. There it is right there. And when it came to nutrition, mom knew it all. Timeless stuff like cupcakes and Mountain Dew, that's not breakfast. Okay, that's, that's nutritional information. And if you swallow your gum, it'll take how many years? Seven years to digest. Here's the deal with that one, though. It was way too late by the time I heard that, you know? Like every baseball card pack that I ever bought had gum in it. And Big League Chew, that was way too good to throw in the trash, right? I just, that, my Big League Chew never went in the trash. And so by the time I heard that, I was like, oh no, I am doomed. That's crazy. Seven years to digest that. And the go-to nutrition principle of every mom throughout the ages, just eat it. It tastes like chicken. Yeah, everything tastes like chicken. Yeah, why not? But if there was one subject that mom really knew all about, if there was something that we could avoid a ton of school on, it was human development. Human development. Were you paying attention? Let's see. Here we go. Fill in the blanks. If you sit too close to the TV, it will ruin your eyes or make you go blind. Yeah. And mom's had a thing with eyes. I don't know what it was. Uh, if you cross your eyes, they will... Stay that way. Yeah, you're getting 100%. This is awesome. I hope someday you have kids just like who? You. Just like you. And when, they, when your mom said that, you're like, thank, thank you? Like, I, I don't... I don't is that a, that's, a, that's a good thing, right? Okay. Or I'll treat you like an adult when you start acting like one. Wow, man. You, do you guys work together on this? Like, do you... These are the same things. Um, I love this one. This is going to hurt me more than it... Hurts you, yeah, wow. If mom ever says that to you, just buckle up. Like, this is, this is gonna hurt, yeah. And all of human development can be wrapped up in this one statement. If you get this right, you should have been a doctor. It goes like this. I brought you into this world, yep, and I'll take you out of this world. That's human development 101 right there. Hey, moms, happy Mother's Day. Uh, we're so glad to celebrate it with you. Let's get to priority overload. Uh, this series has been such a good one. Uh, did you know that there are areas of our lives that we actually get overloaded on, but Jesus in these same areas models balance, health, and forward motion. And so in this series, we've already looked at emotions. We've looked at money. Both great messages. I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Today, we're looking at relationships. How did Jesus approach his relationships in his life? Are there quick wins that we can get going today? Are there countercultural things that we need to start fighting for? The truth is, we might find ourselves fumbling around in our relationships, but Jesus is the only person who's ever been on the planet that got it 100% right. And so let's press into that and uh, see what he modeled for us. Just for fun, because it's Mother's Day, I want to specifically look at Jesus' relationship with his mother. Um, it doesn't show us all of the relationship principles of Jesus, but it shows us some important ones if we're going to do it Jesus' way. So ready? Here we go. Let's start with this shocker. Jesus had a mom. 
Like, have you slowed down the train enough to just like soak in that sentence? Jesus had a mom. 300 prophecies about his life. The heavenly hosts and angels are worshiping his name. Miracles, conquering death. Today he's seated at the right hand of God, returning someday for his church. And Jesus had a mom. The gospel writers, these, uh, these four guys that write the biographies of Jesus, they give us the front row seats to the conversations that Jesus and his mom had. Uh, there are four relationship goals that come out of those conversations and out of those stories. Here's the first one. Choose honor in your relationships. Choose honor in your relationships. Check this out in Luke chapter two. This is the only story in the Bible of Jesus as a boy, as a boy. This is interesting. Check this out. Luke chapter two says this. Great story. Stay with me. Every year, uh, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were still returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a whole day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look, to look for him. After three days, so that's four if you're doing your math, four days later, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? Great 12-year-old Jesus answered. Why are you searching for me? What's up? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. One more. But his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So what's happening here? A party is happening in Jerusalem. The Jewish people are celebrating Passover. What's Passover? If you were to go way back in the Old Testament, you see God delivering his people from slavery uh, in Egypt. And so the Jews would travel in these multi-family packs. So think about like a 15-vehicle a, a multi-family train coming back from a family reunion together. Do we have all the kids is not the first question on their mind. When you and I are on a road trip, be honest, it's like, let's just get there, right? Let's just get there. The kids in the back are like, when are we gonna get there? You're like, just a little bit longer, but I'm asking the same question. Like, how do we get there and get there quick? Unless, of course, you are the parents of the Messiah, right? Like, you should be asking this question, where are all the kids? Like, lose the other kids, but don't lose Jesus, right? Uh, there's so much on the line. And this is a message for another day, but before we give Mary and Joseph a hard time, we have to be reminded of all the times that we also lose track of Jesus in our day. Like, how often are you just plowing through your week and you're like, oh, oh yeah, Jesus, right? Like, Jesus should be involved in my week. And how do we respond when we've lost track of him? We do the same thing that Mary and Joseph did. We go back to where we last saw him. And when they got back to Jerusalem three days later, they find him chilling in the temple, right? Talking to uh, the teachers there. Question, where do we see honor in this story? Uh, check it out again in verse 50 and 51. It says this. 
But they, Jesus' parents, uh, this is Mary and Joseph, they did not understand what Jesus was saying to them. They They didn't understand that. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. They didn't understand, he was obedient. They didn't understand, he was obedient. Crazy. Uh, Like if there's any kid in the history of the world when mom said, do you know who you're talking to? Jesus could have went back with this. Do you know who you're talking to? Like my goodness. And she'll be like, ah, you're just like your father. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of. Kind of am, I just like my father, yeah, just like that. Like if there's any kid in the history of the world that could have pulled that off, it was Jesus, right? Uh, but they didn't understand, yet he was still obedient. 12-year-old Jesus, still obedient to parents who didn't understand. Let's be real, the true test of whether you're honoring doesn't come with relationships with people who get you. It comes from relationships with people who don't. People who don't get you. It's the true test of honor. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter five. He says this, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than the others? Do not even pagans uh, do that? Listen to how Jesus is asking us to level up in the area of honor. Loving people who love you, greeting people who greet you, everyone does that, but you're God's people. Level up and do it right here in the area of honor. And so a tough truth, ready? If you find yourself biting back or getting revenge, discrediting, over-talking, or trying to outmaneuver the difficult people in your life, that is not the way of Jesus. It's not the way of Jesus, but try this. Jesus' way was always honor. So what does honor look like? People ask this, what does it look like? I don't have time to hang out in these very long, but I think they're important. Honoring is valuing a difficult person in your life more than their words and actions deserve. Honoring someone even though their words or actions come back to you negatively. Honoring them with firm boundaries, practically and emotionally. I think it's really important to set firm boundaries with difficult people uh, in your life. Honoring is rejecting the bait of gossip or trash talk. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of someone ripping you up one side and ripping you down the other, and other people are like, what do you think about that? It's a really powerful place to be like, I don't think anything about that. I'm choosing not to bite back. I'm choosing not uh, to trash talk. Honoring is also, the Bible calls us to, praying for people, uh, difficult people in our life. If you miss it on honoring in your relationships, everything else falls apart. If you don't value honor, if you're wondering like what is off in this difficult relationship, chances are it comes back to honor. And if, if the 12-year-old Jesus was all about honoring, the only person who got his relationships right 100% of the time, he's leading with honor. Let's move into that as well. Honor is incredibly powerful. Relationship goals of Jesus, here's the second one. Jesus models that you should be open to coaching in your relationships. Open to coaching in your relationships. Here's where we see it in John chapter two, uh, a moment between Jesus and his mom. This is how it goes. It says on the third day, he has something about three days. I don't know what it is. On the third day, uh, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Uh, When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, here's the coaching, they have no more wine. Woman, I don't suggest that on Mother's Day. (laughs) Uh, That's not the way to go, Uh, any day. 
we hear this word a little differently in our culture. Actually translated to really understand what Jesus was saying, uh, you can liken it more to lady or ma'am, which I don't think that's any better to some people, but um, lady or ma'am. Ma'am, why are you involving me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Amazing. Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants had drawn the water, they knew. Uh, He called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine once the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs or his miracles through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. What do we see going on here? This is Jesus' first miracle. Interesting enough, a miracle that might not have happened without his mom's coaching. Coaching is actually a picture of a kind of a relationship that we all need to have in our lives. Why? Because coaches do something for us that other relationships can't. Coaches, uh, people who are further along than you, are people who are willing to take you along for the ride. These people stretch you and they grow you and they open up new opportunities. They introduce you to new possibilities or outcomes in your journey. Hands down, coaching is a critical X factor to making certain things happen in your life. And I'll be honest, like I, I don't know where I would be today without coaching in my life. I'm thankful that uh, this was built into my life really early. I made one decision when I was in middle school that kind of changed the trajectory of my life in this area. I showed up to Wednesday night youth group. I showed up to Wednesday night youth group and I kept showing up to Wednesday night youth group. I was there for the pizza, I was there for the jokes, the girls, the dodgeball, I was there for all of that and Jesus is like, yeah, watch this. He put me in an environment where there were other adults in my life, uh, not not parents who are, who are trying to help me live by the rules, uh, not, not coaches on the sports field that wanted to help me perform, not even teachers that were grading me, but these were different kind of adults in my life that began speaking into my life. I was now in, in an environment where coaching was built in and coaching was happening. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And once I had a taste of that, I just never quit. Uh, in my life, I, I have had marriage coaches, I've had financial coaches, I've had career coaches, I've had parenting coaches, and more important than all that, I've had coaches in my faith. And if coaching, the idea of coaching and building that into your life seems like a far off thing for you, it's not. Think about uh, the area of technology. You enlist coaches in your life all the time in the area of technology. It'll never fail that I'll be doing something on my phone or doing something with a piece of technology. My kids are looking over my shoulder like, Dad, you can do that in like one step, you know? And they're like, give it to me. And they do it, and I'm just like, how did you do that, right? And we can set things up and and do things. And I don't know about you, but I don't need coaching necessarily to set things up. I need coaching when things don't work right. 
Is that the way with you too, like with, with technology? You like enlist people in your life, like how do I do this? Can you show me how to fix this? And there's so much urgency, like when there's a device that you're just like depending on, like I can't get through my day without this. When that goes haywire, you need someone now, like right now. Imagine if we had that kind of urgency to coaching in all the other areas of our lives. It'd be powerful, it'd be a game changer. And there's coaching that needs to happen. And so what's your takeaway? Maybe you need to start coaching or see your time with other people as coaching. Maybe you need to enlist coaches in your life. Here's what I've learned is that the high quality people you need in your life, they need to be asked to be a coach in your life. Like you need to recruit them and enlist them. This is what it could sound like. I see that you're really good at fill in the blank. Would you be willing to coach me how to do this? Uh, So start coaching and get coaches in your life. As I thought about Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine, God could have easily like, done all of this without Mary's involvement. Have you ever thought of that? Like God could have just like, hey, hey, Jesus, wine, go, do it, get after that. But he used Mary. And I don't know if this story was more about Mary being used by God there or the disciples believing, uh, but it's an important reminder that if, the, if God the Father used relationships to help direct Jesus's life and Jesus's miracles, how much more should we remain open to coaching in our lives? We should be open to it in, on an incredible scale, coaching in our lives. Relationship goals of Jesus, honor, coaching, two more quickly, unlocking community in your relationships, unlocking community in your relationships. Where do we see this in the conversation of Jesus and his mom? Uh, in Mark chapter three, Jesus is around the dinner table, a common spot for him, uh, with his disciples and with others. And even though we're only three chapters into the book of Mark, we already see that the religious leaders of the day have their eye on Jesus. What is he teaching? What is he all about? And then during, while this plays out, uh, during dinner, uh, some visitors arrive. Check this out. Mark chapter three. Then Mary... And his brothers. So Jesus didn't only have a, had a mom. He, he had siblings too. Imagine that. If I could be a fly on the wall in any house. Wow. To be a sibling of Jesus. That's crazy. Uh, and his brothers came. So they came to the party. And while they were standing outside, they sent word to him, calling to him. And a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Answering them, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who were sitting around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, this is my brother and sister and mother. Straight from the mouth of Jesus, unlock a community of Christ followers in your life. Sure, we all have a family tree, right? We have a family tree of parents. We have a family tree of siblings. Uh, But these verses are a clear reminder that we need a different kind of family in our lives. That when we choose to follow Jesus, we join a spiritual family. And even Jesus had this built into your life. And so you and I don't stand a chance without Christian community in our life. And so like Jesus, we need to prioritize these relationships like brothers and sisters and mothers. Where do we find a family like this, Lakeland? Where, Where would you find a family like this? We believe you'd find it in a group. And uh, this is nothing new. We've actually seen this since the beginning of time. Check this out in uh, Acts chapter two, the beginning of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet. Watch how they meet. They meet in two different environments. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And next verse, they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How did the church start? Celebrations in the temple and house to house. Celebrations in the temple and house to house. This church that sparked a worldwide movement, how did they do it? Celebrations in the temple and house to house. Wonders and signs and needs provided for, hearts that were glad. Celebrations in the temple and house to house. And I know a lot of people who would just prefer the house and forget the celebration. No deal, according to Acts chapter two. Uh, some people who would prefer, oh, I'm just gonna go into the celebration, I'm gonna forget the house to house. No deal, according to cha- Acts chapter two, that we need both of those, and I'm calling us back to both. Because guys, you know this, there's a spiritual battle going on right now. There's a spiritual battle and there's a spiritual awakening that needs to happen in our world. Every time you turn on the news, every time that you won't believe what's happening in fill in the blank. We have a spiritual battle going on. How does the church gain ground again and become the uh, worldwide movement that it was always designed to be? Celebrations and house to house. House to house. Start a group, get in a group. Stop by Next Steps on your way out or check out the chat uh, for more information on how you can do that. Choosing to honor, open to coaching, unlocking community. And here's the last relationship goal of Jesus. It's legacy. Legacy. Envision your legacy in your relationships. John chapter 19, final moments of Jesus. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that was John, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. What do we see here? We literally see the savior of the world having the weight of the world on his shoulders and and in his hands and in his feet. And the crowd, the insults, the pain, the soldiers, the thieves on the other side, on either side, and all the commotion that was going on, and with bruised eyes and with a, with a sting of sweat in them, he makes eye contact with a woman in the front. It's his mom. It's his mom. This simple woman who gave up everything. How she endured all these years, only God knows. The harsh ridicule for being an unwed pregnant teenager. The backbreaking burden of trying to be the best mom on the planet to the savior of all mankind. The isolation she must have felt from other moms uh, through raising Jesus or dealing with all the things they must have been saying when he was off doing crazy things for God. The unbelievable heartache of seeing her son so misunderstood time and time again. A woman who constantly worried if today was the day. Is today the day that all this catches up? Is today the day that this leads to a heartbreaking end? So while he was writing the story of our eternity, defeating sin on the cross and giving us a legacy worth living, Jesus had a mom. And there she was. And in some of the final words, with very little energy left, he made sure that she was gonna be okay. 
you wanna handle your relationships like Jesus did? Envision the legacy that God has for you and get after it. Don't wait, make it count. I'm excited to end our service today by celebrating baptism. Several people who are ready to get after it and to make their legacy count by being baptized. Baptism is simply um, a public expression of an inward decision to follow Jesus. Here at Lakeland, we celebrate a believer's baptism. So we would say that anyone who has accepted Christ, followed Christ, and made him both your savior and Lord of your life, it's time to get baptized. It's time to tell the whole world um, about that decision. If you're being baptized in the service, I'm gonna invite you to go ahead and start lining up uh, over here, my right, uh, your left. And uh, if you've never been to a Lakeland baptism before, let me tell you what you're about to experience. We always have fun with this. Um, our people who are being baptized are gonna move here, kind of this middle area, and they're gonna be prayed for by our prayer partners. Uh, I encourage you, if you have come uh, to help celebrate with uh, someone who's being baptized, I invite you into this little soccer huddle style prayer that's going on right here. It gets a little crazy, but we want you to be a part of it. Uh, we're gonna have a prayer partner pray over that person and then they'll move on uh, to being baptized. Really cool, I hope you know this, that when you're baptized, you go down into the water as if you're going into the grave with Jesus. Your old self is going into the grave with Jesus, and when you come back out of the water, that is like Jesus breaking out of the tomb, and new life in Jesus uh, is true and told. And so uh, we are celebrating these folks today who are doing it. If you're here today and you have also participated in Believer's Baptism at some point, I invite this moment to be a reminder to you, a reminder of new life when it was so clear that I'm going Jesus' way, I'm never turning back, I'm all his, and he's all mine. Remember that day. And so we're gonna celebrate that together. And in Lakeland fashion, when someone's done getting baptized, we just uh, hoot and holler and cheer uh, as heaven is celebrating to uh, new life found in Jesus. Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll get some people baptized. It'll be fun. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the truth of new life in you. Uh, thank you for modeling, Jesus, what it means to have a relationship with you, removing all barriers on the cross, so that we can be in relationship with you. And so Jesus, we commit our lives to you. I pray for all these folks that are being baptized today. God, that they would remember today uh, crystal clear that they are going in your direction. Not perfect, they're not claiming perfection, but they are setting a direction for their life. And Jesus, it's you. It's always been you. So we celebrate today as a church family for these uh, folks that are being baptized. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for truth and hope and new life found in you. It's in your name we pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.